We have a big podcast to get to today. Uh, Aaron Judge broke Mark McGuire's rookie home run record, uh, talking a little bit of MLB playoffs. Uh, college football season, don't mess with Bama. Uh, the NFL, who I think the best team in the league is right now. Uh, I am also going to get into some Heisman talk and some college football playoff talk. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and it has been too long. Uh, had had some personal issues, uh, family issues that I've been going through, and no excuse to uh, be kind of tardy on the podcast, but Lucas, I have to give a big shout out to Lucas. Lucas has been killing it on the website, fumblingpunter.com. Check it out. You can also find a link directly to our podcast, the podcast from the website. Again, that's fumblingpunter.com. But this is pretty much where I want to be. I want to be able to put out a, a podcast start of the week and end of the week, especially during football season. There's so much much going on. Little teaser, we're going to do a baseball playoff preview show, and that should be getting underway next week, I believe. Okay, so speaking of baseball, Aaron Judge broke Mark McGuire's rookie home run record. Uh, he hit his 50th, 49th and 50th today. He, uh, congratulations to Aaron Judge and Yankees fans. That's something to really be excited about. I never thought that I would see that home run record fall. Uh, I believe McGuire's rookie year was 86. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'll look it up and tweet it later. But 49, that's a lot of home runs for a rookie. Uh, typically, you don't see guys that quick into the league make or have such good approaches where they're looking to hit that many home runs. But I think that Aaron Judge is pretty much a product of today's baseball he hits a lot of home runs strikes out a lot and that's neither here nor there I mean he's a good player he's going to be right fielder DH for the Yankees for the next 15 years hopefully and hopefully we'll get to see him keep hitting home runs and uh, he did have that horrible strikeout streak uh, that he held the record for most consecutive games with the strikeout but you know if you have to have one to offset the other Breaking the rookie home run record is pretty cool. Going to the National League real quick. It's been a while since we've talked baseball. You know, from the name Fumbling Punter, we do talk a lot of football when football season rolls around. And that basically consumes my Thursday through Monday is just football. Uh, Between college football, writing, uh, daily fantasy, it's almost a seven-day I'm doing something football-related with the podcast and the website. But... We love baseball, and one thing we learned during our MLB preview show is we love the Rockies, and I think that the Rockies are going to hold on and get that second National League wild card. The Diamondbacks locked up the first National League wild card last night, and another hot take I got for you guys is I think Charlie Blackman should be the MVP. The numbers he's put up this year have been insane for a center fielder, uh, leadoff hitter at that. Nolan Arenado is really good, and I think that really that's going to be what kills him is him and Arenado are both so good that they'll still steal what Denver area votes they have away from each other. And I think that Paul Goldschmidt ultimately wins it, not that he hasn't been deserving. But he's got another pretty good guy on his team in J.D. Martinez. Uh, ever since he came over, he's just been crushing the ball. And we've talked on here before. I'm really excited to see what J.D. Martinez does in free agency this winter. So that's about all I got for baseball because, again, it is football season. 
And uh, talk a little college football. <laughs> Rest in peace to my college football picks against the spread. It was a, let's just say, a rough week for me and just about everybody who talks, you know, kind of picks. Uh, we don't encourage gambling, but gambling picks pretty much because uh, the Alabama game and the Georgia-Mississippi State game both they double killed me. I went 0-4 on those two. I went 1-5 on the week. Uh, I can't even remember the one game that saved me. I was so depressed over the games that screwed me into going 1-5, and five, which that Mississippi State-Georgia game, whew. So just whenever I am all on the Dan Mullen, Hale State bandwagon, Nick Fitzgerald should be a Heisman candidate, they go into Georgia and Smart and the boys take care of them. Uh, I think it's fun. I think that, you know, now we see two really good national championship contenders in the SEC with Georgia and Alabama. And I think that as long as Georgia survives Auburn and doesn't have any hiccups, they don't Georgia themselves over the next few weeks, that I think, you know, you could see a number one versus number five and the winner will get into the college football playoff between Alabama and Georgia. Speaking of the tide rolling on maybe some other college college football because uh, there are experts I essentially it wasn't unheard of in the college football community to think that Vanderbilt at their three good three and0 start could play a close game with Alabama holy cow was everybody wrong the tide went in and just to Nashville and just creamed Vandy 59 to nothing and they I mean they are Nick Saban Alabama is king even if you know Clemson you know, Nick, they, they get beat in the playoff. It's going to happen. But they're just king everywhere else. Uh, they proved that on Saturday. And I would be scared to be Georgia or Auburn in their sights later on this year. I think the Tide are just going to roll. Uh, Vandy, tough loss. It's Alabama. It happens to everyone. Literally everyone. Especially in the SEC. Uh, speaking of Auburn, uh, talked to mention them twice now. They buried Mizzou and Columbia on Saturday. Uh, the tie, the tie, so Mizzou has not played a road game this season. They played Missouri State at home. They played South Carolina at home. They played I'm missing oh Purdue at home, and then they played Auburn at home. They're one and three right now with four home games under their belt. They have two, I think, winnable games unless somebody just has an awful, awful outing. I think that they could beat Idaho and they could beat UConn. And if they lose either one of those games, then Barry Odom's time at Mizzou is done immediately. I think right now Jim Sterk is trying to be a good athletic director, be a good person, and hang on to Odom at least through the end of the season. I think that it's pretty apparent that this is a uh, Kim Anderson-type situation for Mizzou. They... Hired a local boy, hired a Mizzou boy, and it's just not working out. Uh, I don't know if you saw, he uh, Odom delivered a pretty fiery, passionate speech after the game on Saturday to the media, and I think it's peacocking. I think he knows his job's truly in trouble. I think that he was really, that was his plea to the fan base of stick with me. Uh, I can do good things if you give me time. But it's college football, and time is not given to many people. Ask Gene Chizik. I I will all point to that. Gene Chizik won a national championship, and two years later, he was out of a job. So if you're if you think you can go two and ten in the SEC and not make a bowl game two consecutive years, it's not going to happen. 
I have faith in Jim Sterk. I think that, you know, he made the a great hire in Quanzo Martin. Clearly, the past, I don't think that the past athletic, athletic directors in my time at Missouri would go out and make such a good hire. I think that they would have tried to have gone cheap. They would have tried to have gone for an up-and-comer, or they would have went with a Mizzou guy. And I have my quotation hands up for that. But I have faith that Sterk will make the right hire. Here's the thing about Mizzou. Mizzou isn't Auburn. Mizzou isn't LSU. Mizzou isn't Texas A&M. You don't have to win 11 games every year to keep the fan base happy. You don't need to beat Bama every other year to keep the fan base happy. You don't have to compete for a national championship every year to keep the fan base happy. You need to go about 7-5, and 8-4, and four, and then you know every 5th to 8th year, you need to have a 10-win season. If you do that, they're going to build a statue, a la Gary Pinkle, because that's what Pinkle did during his entire tenure at Missouri. He won seven-ish games most seasons, and then he had a few good years. I think he had four total 10-win seasons, which is great at the University of Missouri. And I think that, you know, that's like best-case expectations because no one's going to ask for someone to be fired for going 7-5 and five at Missouri. They don't have Alabama talent. They don't have Auburn talent. They don't have Texas A&M talent or Texas A&M money. So, one person I would really like to see get the job, a guy I think that is really qualified to get it, is Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley had a pretty tough run at Tennessee. He was a pretty young coach. He had had a successful run at, I believe it was uh, Louisiana Monroe before that, uh, where he was football coach and athletics director. And he's been a wide receivers coach with the Dallas Cowboys the last few years. I think he's well-connected. I think that he's a guy that would relish in that or you know he would shine in that go seven and five keep your job 10 wins you're a god basically atmosphere that there is at Missouri I think that he he is a well-known and well-liked enough guy that he can recruit heard him on different interviews and I think he's a great guy I think he would be fit for the program I think Derek Dooley is my number one candidate for University of Missouri head football coach after Barry Odom is fired uh I'm not you know Clearly, Les Miles or Chip Kelly would be great. I don't think either of those guys really want to come to Missouri. If we're being completely honest, they don't want to come to Missouri. Derek Dooley, I think, could want to Missouri, and I think it could be a really good hire. Uh, there may be, you know, some guys like uh, Mike Bobo at Colorado State, um, the head coach at Boise State right now, uh, Chris Harmon, uh, Harris, I can't remember his last name, but Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley is the guy that I would really like to see take over that program. I think he's a good guy. I think he would be a good leader of that program and win some ball games. And I think that's really what Mizzou needs right now. Going on from Mizzou. Okay, so uh, I want to get into real quick before we start talking the NFL. Uh, my Heisman ballot today. Oh, I got ripped for one of my old Heisman ballots as as of right now. I think after week one, I had Drew Locke in the top five. He won the National Player of the Week award. Give me a break, people. But no, that's that's why I do what I do. I do it for entertainment, not because I'm going to be completely right about everything. So if I had to fill out a Heisman ballot right now, it would be number one, Saquon Barkley. He had a huge, huge game at Iowa and basically helped them, helped them escape uh, Iowa City with a road win and saved all of us from having to watch Ohio State in the Final Four again. Uh, So Saquon Barkley is number one. Baker Mayfield is number two. Uh, Sam Darno, quarterback USC, is number three. 
and Jake Browning, quarterback of Washington, is number four. I think Washington really gets left out of a lot of stuff, being uh, the Pacific Northwest. It happens to good teams from that region from time to time. But uh, Washington, Chris Peterson's got a really good team up there. I talked about it a little bit in the the, uh, college football preview show on the Pac-12. If you haven't heard, go back and listen. I think that uh, I think he's gonna he's building in Washington what he had in Boise State, and only difference is he has more resources in a better conference in a better location at Washington. So I think that Chris Peterson is going to absolutely shine at Washington. I think that they they will end up playing USC in the Pac-12 championship for a spot to the college football playoff. And now, as of as of today, my college football playoff Final Four is Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, Oklahoma. I think that Washington or USC would need a really good win to get in over one of those teams. And I don't think that unless Clemson has just a complete brain fart, uh, Florida State does not look very good right now. So I think that the path is pretty clear for Clemson to go back to the college football playoff. Again, they could have one slip up. It only takes one because this year I think you need to go 12-0, and win your conference to get in. Because I think Oklahoma, the Big 12 has been left out the last couple of years, but I think this is Oklahoma's year. They're going to have a couple of good top 15 wins uh, if they beat Oklahoma State and they beat TCU. TCU looked wonderful on Saturday. Shocked the world with that big win in Stillwater. But uh, stay tuned for college football picks this upcoming week. I am trying to dig myself out of a crazy bad hole i think i'm 8 and 16 on the year right now Whew! this this last week was not good to me so uh that will be coming out tomorrow on fumblingpunter.com uh check it out thanks everybody that's been reading uh we've had a lot of fun lucas and i have Uh, i think it's been really entertaining uh we've gotten jabbed for not having great picks but that's part of it i mean we we do it for entertainment i tell myself and i tell lucas uh be entertaining and I think he does a terrific job of it and I think that I try I strive to be entertaining in all my picks uh let me know if I'm not let me know if you think I'm an idiot I don't care it's a it's a lot of fun but on to the NFL so Sunday morning flipped over was able to find the uh, Jacksonville Baltimore game in London just because Sunday morning football who's going to turn it down Jacksonville destroyed Baltimore I've been all on that Baltimore defense all year, and then Bortle service is just alive and well in London. Makes you think, would the London Jaguars be a playoff team? Does Blake Bortles play better across the pond? I don't know. I think that that Jacksonville defense, uh, who we were really high on after week one, if you listen to the podcast, uh, I think that they are pretty good I think that Jacksonville is still in the running to win the AFC South I think that they're as good as if not better than Houston uh, Nashville uh, I'm sorry Tennessee or Indianapolis I think that all they need is Blake Bortles to be average all they need is him to be average and not lose them games their defense is good Leonard Fournette can run the crap out of the ball so they just need him to be average a uh, big surprise that happened on Sunday, the Patriots barely escaped the Texans. Deshaun Watson looked pretty good. I think that we all underestimated how much Dante Hightower means to that defense because they look the, the floodgates have been let open in Foxborough. They can't stop anything. 
And, you know, you saw the Chiefs do it to him week one, and then the Saints scored on him last week. But the fact that they let a rookie quarter do what Watson did, which props to Deshaun Watson, but I think that that's pretty telling of where the Patriots' defense is right now, which should scare you if you're a New England Patriots fan. The Cincinnati Bengals did show some signs of life uh, with new offensive coordinator and barely, I mean, they're still 0-3, but it was nice to see A.J. Green get something in his life (laughs) after two weeks. If you follow fantasy football, I try to talk a a bit of fantasy football, and A.J. Green and Joe Mixon were just killing people, and so I, uh, in a draft can or a FanDuel league, took... Andy Dalton and Joe Mixon, or Andy Dalton and AJ Green, and it really paid off for me in that league. Uh, the onto the AFC West, the Raiders and the Broncos both both drop games this week. Uh, Broncos kind of a shocker, losing at Buffalo, and then the Raiders just looked lifeless against the Redskins. I mean, everything's setting up for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs right now. That's the Broncos and the Raiders aren't as bad as what they looked yesterday, but you could not ask for a better situation as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which I am. The Chiefs beat the Chargers yesterday. They're undefeated. They now have gotten out front in the AF, that tough AFC West. I think that the Raiders and the Broncos are going to be you know, on their heels all season long, but you could not ask right now for a better situation than the Kansas City Chiefs have in the AFC West and in the AFC overall. And that's a little bit credit to that Patriots defense right now. Uh, but life, life's good as a Chiefs fan, let me tell you. Uh, you're always kind of waiting for something to go wrong, but I really hope that it doesn't. Uh, the Chiefs been number one in my power rankings the last two weeks. Uh, I'm going to, spoiler alert, likely keep them there this week on quick picks. Um, talk about that Chiefs game. That seeing the Chief, the Chargers home stadium there in Orange County, I think it is. I don't even think it's actually Los Angeles. It's weird. They're playing in a soccer stadium, twenty five thousand fans, and they can't sell it out. There was more red than anything there yesterday. It looked like a Chiefs home game at uh, Mercy Children's Park in Overland Park, Kansas. It looked like an absolute home game for the Chiefs in a soccer stadium. That I would be concerned if I was Dean Spanos and the league because it's starting to look embarrassing. I know, I know that everyone says, wait until Stan World gets built and everything's going to be solved. What if it's not? I've made the case, okay, for a couple of years, a new stadium's cool, people want to go. That's going to wear off pretty quick, especially in L.A., uh, and the Rams kind of look like they're, uh, they're really not doing much better, but at least they can put 50,000 people in the Coliseum versus the Chargers putting 20 in a soccer stadium. I think it is a bad look for the NFL, but the Chargers need to go back to San Diego. I mean, they, they will be licking their wounds, but I think that the Chargers belong in San Diego and they never should have made the move. I think that the Raiders should have gone to Los Angeles to begin with as the one team in Los Angeles. I think the Chargers should have stayed, and I think the Rams should have stayed in St. Louis. I think that the NFL got money hungry when they saw Stan's proposal, and Dean Spanos is a well-liked owner. He was scared of losing his Orange County market shares, 
moved up and pissed off 90% of his fan base. So it's, it's a pretty tough situation for the Chargers, the LA market, and for the NFL right now. I think that you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of nasty articles, but I could see the Chargers going back to San Diego. Uh, again, uh, NFL top five will my top five power rankings, bottom five power rankings will be on Wednesday quick picks on fumblingpunter.com. Uh, check out Lucas's week three picks. I'm sorry, week four picks coming up this next week. Woo, where has the NFL season gone? He has been doing an incredible job on those. Let him know. Uh, give him a hard time if you want to. We all have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, but that's all I got for you guys. Check out fumblingpunter.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good week. I'll talk to you again on hopefully Friday. For the Fumbling Punter, I'm Devin Keeney. Bye, guys.